Welcome everyone to the next edition of the Reimagining Mobility podcast series. I'm here today with Lee Knowles. Lee Knowles is the director of our test factory and it's been with us for how long now? 18 years. 18 years. Yep. Woo, got me beat it's by long, almost 15 years. <laughs> so an expert here. Uh, Lee, before we get started, tell me, what is the AVL test factory? What, what is that? So we're a, a testing manufacturing house, basically, that can do everything from certification work, um, from clean sheet engine design uh, full to full testing capability. Um, we do anything from testing services, and we work really closely with our engineering on any calibration-type projects that they might bring to the table. Okay. And when it comes to stuff that we're testing, engines obviously, gasoline and diesel, yeah. batteries, what else? Absolutely. Um, engine testing is, is key from gasoline to diesel, and we might have a an, an gasoline engine in one cell one day and uh, diesel in the next. Um, but we do offer battery testing, e-motor testing. Um, we're heavily into e-axle testing lately, as you can see the electrification area is mm -hmm. growing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. So we do offer, one thing to add too, is we do offer all-wheel drive powertrain testing. Okay. So we've got a total of four powertrain test cells, one being an all-wheel drive, and then two two-wheel drives. And all-wheel drive, as far as I, hopefully I say this right, each individual wheel can be controlled differently, which is unique, right? Correct. So we can do full vehicle simulation modeling on that, full vector. Um, on that powertrain test cell. Um, we can also do components on that test cell, so you don't need a full vehicle. Okay. You can start with components and we can simulate the engine. Very good, okay. So again, over 18 years you've been with us. The AVL test factory has transformed itself tremendously, let's just say over the last five years. Tell us about a bit about this transformation, which then will also at the same time tell us how the market of propulsion has changed. But tell us yeah. a little bit about that so transformation. We, we went from being predominantly engine testing only, let's say. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'd get an engine with transmission test and we were predominantly set up for engine testing. Over the last five years, we've invested heavily into the powertrain testing um, to do your full, full vehicle testing. Um, along with the electrification space is growing tremendously. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned earlier, the E-axle type <laughs> testing, we've outfitted the majority of our engine test cells plus powertrain test cells with battery emulation capability. Okay. So for at least from a testing perspective from our business, I know we're full right now, it's busy. So I ask you the same question I've asked other ones. Is the IC engine dead? Absolutely not, in my oh, opinion, okay. and I never thought for once that that's just going to go away with a with a switch. Mm -hmm. um, it's growing strong. I mean, we've got emissions testing capability regulation is going to be test changed out to 27 and 30. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to drive more testing, more emissions mm -hmm. testing in the industry. Do you see the OEMs outsourcing more of their traditional engine or propulsion system testing and insourcing more, they're more, more, I don't want to say more advanced, but more electrification focused testing? I do see a lot of ice work coming our way. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that's because the OEMs want to keep that electrical close to their chest, the, okay. the new electrification areas close to their chest, I'm not sure yet. Okay. But uh, we have seen a growth in uh, certification areas, you know, we're, we're expanding and creating more yeah. certification test cells. Okay, all right. 
Again, you've worked in the test cell now 18 years almost, right? Your entire career, more yes. or less associated with it at least? I started my, my business with uh, the TSI side of the business. Okay. So worked on commissioning dyno test cells. Okay. The test, um, test equipment side. Test equipment yeah. side, so dynos, uh, devices, mm -hmm. things like that. Okay, all right. But anyhow, at yep. least 10 years in the test factory oh, yeah. now. Yes. What are some of the biggest changes you have seen from a people, technology, customer perspective, how businesses run, just, just anything, not, not limited to anything here, any particular area. What, what's the things you've seen changing? So the things I've seen change are the demand for speed, being quick, uh, quick response in the industry. Um, when people come to us, they're generally already late um, and they're looking for help. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think we strive with our ability to be quick and flexible. Uh, one of the things we need to be flexible with is our types of cells. We can't build a cell for one specific size of engine like OEMs typically mm -hmm. do. So we have to be able to, to accommodate very quickly to the customers. Okay. You mentioned speed is certainly a, a big piece where I believe, yep. again, that's the current new normal is how fast can we help or how fast can the industry bring technology to market. Yep. If you go into and, and, and tell me a little bit about the test factory, when I ask about or when I wonder about what is the least known factor or least known thing about the test factory that people may not know or that the industry may not know. I mean, one thing you mentioned, though, is speed. We are really, yeah. they're late and now they're looking to us like, hey, can you bail me out? Or, hey, you need to speed up. Hey, I need this calibration done. Hey, I need to meet this this emission certification or I'm going to be in big trouble from the EPA or whatever other homologation things that yep. they need it done. But what's, what's maybe a couple of little known, not necessarily secrets, but little known things that the test factory that, that you lead, that you do? Yeah. I think the, the thing that most people don't think about um, is what it takes to actually keep a test factory running efficiently in the background. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, the people think a test cell, you get a dyno and a technician. And most people press a button and off it goes. Most people think right. that's what it is. It's press a button and off it goes. And I think um, with us being, for one, ISO 17025, it takes a big support staff in the background to keep everything maintained, mm -hmm. uh, to keep the calibrations up to par, especially when doing certification. That's very demanding. Uh, part of a certification project is not only just performing the test correctly, but also proving all of your work. Um, and be prepared to be audited. Mm -hmm. So you have to have all of your paperwork in line. Um, and the facility maintenance alone, you know, with uh, air handlers and, and things like that, chillers and all that stuff running in the background, I think that's kind of what people don't see mm -hmm. um, in general when they think of a, a test factory. So they, essentially what we think of a test factory is the tip of the iceberg. What really makes it go is what's ever underneath the exactly. water. Exactly, huh? yeah. You, you look, <coughs> most people look in and they see a shiny bed plate and a dyno sitting there. and There's a lot to keep it going in the background. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. What's the biggest headache you have to, let's say, let's use, a, let's use a traditional engine for a moment. Maybe then we'll go over to an E-axle afterwards, but... <clears throat> with a traditional engine, what's what's the biggest headache you have or you guys have of getting it to run? Is it a mechanical installation? Is it the controls, communication, the equipment? What? Yeah, I've been asked that quite a bit, and we've done a lot of studies, I guess, to see how to be quicker and things. Uh -huh. And what it basically boils down to is the ECU and engine calibration. 
Okay. 99.9% of the time. The mechanical installation, as long as you do your homework up front and have all of the information um, we put together in a powertrain test specification document. And if you have that filled out completely, the mechanical installation usually goes fairly well. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not many issues with that. The big concern is always, will the engine start when it's ready to start? Now, mechanically, the engines are always good. Mm -hmm. It comes down to that, ca that engine calibration and then that engine calibration talking to our systems. That's the, test generally, the test equipment. The test yeah. equipment. Uh -huh. And that's generally where we find we have our issues. Now, we've been putting methods into, in place to try to help that out, uh, testing things outside of the cell, um, things like that, so mm -hmm. you're not wasting valuable test cell time. Yeah. Um, so we're working on plants to start doing that in the future. Okay, okay. Do you, do you believe the test factory will become obsolete in the future since everybody is telling us or saying, hey, Digital twinning, virtual yeah. validation, simulation, all of these things. We need to do more in order to go faster, which is yeah. true. But now we're not only having this in the development cycle, but we're also now having it in the development, in the validation. Yeah. Do, do you buy this? Or? So I've been told that actually for quite some time that testing will be obsolete one day. Physical testing. Physical yeah. testing. Mm -hmm. um, in my <clears throat> career of almost 20 years being working with dyno, dynos and test cells and stuff, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. It, again, with the switch, it's not just going to stop. There may be a decrease for testing in the future of the amount of hill testing happening. Um, and what we've noticed is that hill testing that's happening, they still want to validate those models. Um, so I, feel, I still think there's going to be a give and take with hill testing and the actual engine testing or powertrain testing that happens in real life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, st I still think you have to validate that. So you, what you're saying is you still see a lot of physical testing taking place that we do yes. for ourselves, what we design, or for customer as a service in our yeah. test factory. But it may shrink in the, in the number of hours or months that you run it? or It should ultimately speed up. Because of the simulation. Up. Yeah, it yeah. should ultimately speed up your uh -huh. total calibration time. Or if you're doing a clean sheet engine development side of things. Uh -huh. um, that time should be shortened. Uh -huh. um, and as far as the certification side goes, I really think that time can be shortened as well. Uh -huh. um, but I think that's going to be a, a necessity. It's always going to be a... a something you have to have, mm -hmm. um, whether it be real driving emissions, um, you know, on a vehicle itself or in a test cell. Yeah. What's the most critical piece for a worker in the test factory under you to have? What's, what's the biggest, or the most important, not the biggest, but the most important characteristic that lady or the gentleman needs to have in order to be successful managing or yeah. running a test factory? I mean... Let's forget for a moment engine or battery or e-axle or whatever yeah. know-how. Is, is so yeah, go ahead. The technician needs to be self-motivated. They need to be hardworking and have passion about their job. They have to have interest, I think, in what they're doing in order to make them a better employee or a better worker when mm -hmm. it comes to engine testing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, as I said, with the uh, self-motivation, that helps keep things moving whether they have the motivation to call the engineer or the customer if they're working directly with them, just to keep things moving along. Okay. Um, and then it becomes the, the skill set on how to use the, the system, the automation tools, and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
If there's one thing you tell your customers to do differently or to do better, what would it be? Is it, hey, give me an engine, as you said before, where the community is actually working with that engine, you give me all the parts from the beginning. What, what's some of the things you ran into yeah. that if you could, and you could say every customer, this is number one, number two, we, number three. We, we do tell our customers this, and we, <laughs> I, I wish they would really listen, but planning is the key to success. Uh -huh. um, now, you don't have to plan for months in advance, but knowing what you want to get out of the testing that you're going to accomplish or what you're setting up for mm -hmm. is key. That plan of how many instruments do you need? Um, how, you know, where do you want your temperatures and pressures located ahead of time? If we can do that stuff outside of the test cell, rather than once we get it into the test cell, it saves everybody a lot of time and money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. really it comes down to planning and knowing what you want to get. Yeah. So 18 years ago, let's say, when you started in the test cell, again, you were with the test yeah. systems organization, but still associated with the test factory. Yep. I think probably not too many people talked about big data. Today, everybody talks about big data. It's probably not a challenge for you to collect whatever gigabytes of data yeah. on an engine. How good are we today with then go seeping through that data lake or mining that data lake to get out what the customer wants. I mean, we do a lot of that stuff as we, far as I yeah, understand. Yeah, we do. So how has that changed um, from, let's say, 18 years ago to today? So one of the things I can say with certification <coughs> testing, the iGEM system that AVL has spits out a very nice comprehensive report. So that, it's basically an automated tool that mines all the specific data, runs all the formulas, and spits out the information you need for certification testing. Mm -hmm. That's a huge benefit to us and we use it in multiple test cells now mm -hmm. um, we don't only use it for certification testing we use it for some development phases as well because it's mining all of those parameters and and things like that that the engineers need um, so i think that's one tool the other tool that our engineers use extensively is concerto and that allows them to really sift through and get what they need pretty quickly Okay. Um, so and those, they can, are, so those are tools we created. Those are tools for that, that ABL challenge. Has, yeah. Yes. And they can use those tools. They can set up layouts and things like that. So if they know what they're after, it can graph that and seek mm -hmm. that out. There's a little bit of upfront work, but then it kind of comes together throughout okay. the testing. Last question. What, what do you see the test factory change over the next three to five years? Is it fuel cell? Is it hydrogen engine? Is it purely shifting away from diesel and we're only doing gasoline or how do you, what do you see? How well, is it moving? Or bio, biodiesel, biogas, right? Whatever. Yeah, we are looking into alternative fuels, hydrogen being one of those. Uh -huh. um, I think that's going to be happening. Um, electrification is going to be key, I think, for the next three to five years as well. Uh -huh. um, the amount of e-axles and e-motor work that we are getting requests to do and that we have done over the past few years is more than what we've done in 10 years. So just over the past few sure. years, we've done a lot of it. So mm -hmm. I really see hydrogen electrification. I still see a, a, in the heavy duty sector for diesel, I still th see a good, a good place for AVL mm -hmm. there. Um, we have pretty good relationship with a lot of the heavy duty market. Mm -hmm. um, so I see that going strong. What about alternative fuels? So many people, specifically in Europe, I see lots of discussion about it. And then I see both the guys that say, yeah, that's great, but how to create it is so expensive. 
And then on the other side, yeah, but it's sustainable and it's better for the environment, emissions, greenhouse gas. What, what, yeah. what is your take on, from a test I, factor, do you see any requests for some of these things or is it? No, I think we're typical mainstream alternatives, the hydrogen, the electrical, mm -hmm. um, things like that. I don't see any other types being discussed from a testing house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And typically when we're, we're dealing with a lot of startups, and the OEMs, and that's really what we see coming at, at the test factory right it now. Is fuel cell and, yeah. and electrification. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Lee, for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.